Hey everyone, Michelle Seidling here with another episode of Military Transition Wellness, the podcast dedicated exclusively to those transitioning from military service. Today we are talking about emotional intelligence and how you can use that to make better decisions as you transition from the military to a whole new world of, of fun and, and fulfillment. Here to help us do that is Phil Johnson, the founder and CEO of the Master of Business Leadership Coaching Program. Phil, welcome to the podcast. This podcast is available on multiple platforms, including YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and others. Please be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform to be informed as new episodes become available. If you enjoyed today's episode or any of our episodes, please rate and review the podcast on your favorite platform. As always, check out our website at foodexperienceunplugged.com for some resources as you begin your health journey. Oh, thanks, Michelle. It's a pleasure to be on your program. Oh, pleasure to have you here. That sounds like a, a wonderful program, Master of Business Leadership, packed with all sorts of amazing things. But to, to begin with, will you take a moment to introduce yourself and why, why this program, why the direction that you've chosen in your life? <laughs> Well, let me uh, try and condense my 60, 68 years on the planet down to a few minutes. Um, so for the last 20, 21 years, I've been an executive coach working with individuals and organizations all over the world to help them develop their emotional intelligence, um, raise their level of consciousness, and become more inspirational leaders. Um, the journey for me began because I was born with dyslexia. Um, failed grade three, failed grade five, and was labeled a slow learner. And back in those days, there was no such thing as dyslexia or ADD or ADHD. Um, but on the death of my mother um, in December of 1968, in January of 19, sorry, December 1967, January 1968, I decided I wanted to do this work. That's 54 years ago. Mm-hmm. So I kind of became the super overachiever, got a BCom, most of an MBA, studied electrical engineering, played football and basketball, and spent 20 years in the semiconductor industry, traveling about 60,000 miles a year throughout North America and the Pacific Rim. Um, left that industry as an executive uh, to do the work that I've been doing now for the last 21 years. Um, so the development of emotional intelligence is a critical part of our development that, that's missing for most of us. Um, and it's a very simple way to look at it is it's developed by doing the emotional labor of feeling the fear and anxiety that change and innovation creates in us and moving through it towards the, the vision of our desired results, as opposed to allowing that anxiety to control us, to keep us stuck in our comfort zones. So I would suggest that a lot of the vets listening to this program have done a lot of, a hell of a lot of uh, emotional labor because they've been forced to deal with uh, fear. Mm-hmm. And whether or not they know it, that's taught them things about themselves and other people that's incredibly valuable, especially in the times we're living now where there's an accelerating rate of global change. So we need, we need people to be leaders. We don't need people to try and fit into the status quo. We need people to stand out. And you can think in a sense, you can think of emotional labor, sorry, you can think of emotional intelligence as Navy SEAL training for your emotions. It's incredibly hard. It's incredibly difficult. But the rewards, the ROI is huge, both from a career and a personal perspective. 
Mm, wow, I love that. Just just your own journey alone. And you've done so many different things over the years. And that you mentioned about fear and trying to overcome that. What role did fear play in your life over the years? And, yeah, that's a great, great question. Um, whenever we leave our comfort zone, there's an old, there's a part of our old lizard brain called the amygdala that's been trying to keep us safe and alive for the last 500 million years by making sure we never leave our cave. So if we do, it secretes a hormone into our bloodstream called cortisol, and that causes the executive center of our brain, our prefrontal cortex, to shut off, and we go into some type of fight, flight, or freeze mode. Some people lash out. Some people run away. Some people freeze like a deer in headlights. Psychologists call it amygdala hijack. When we do that in conflict situations, people die. And when we do it in business or personal situations, relationships die. We burn trust. So as an analogy, if you think of your amygdala as a very frightened four-year-old child, the development of our emotional intelligence acts like a big brother or a big sister to quiet the amygdala response down and better enable us to feel the anxiety that change and innovation creates in us and move through it towards the vision of our desired results, as opposed to allowing that anxiety to keep us stuck in our discomfort zone. And that's incredibly important, especially now and in the decades to follow, because we're facing a tsunami of change. And we've got a 500 million year old brain that doesn't like change. Some scientists estimate in this century, we could experience the equivalent of 20,000 years worth of change. Massive. And it's going to create unprecedented levels of drama, chaos, and conflict everywhere in the world. So we really need to be developing the leaders with the emotional intelligence to inspire us and lead us to safety. They, they need to inspire us based on their behavior, based on their example to follow their example. The, we, hardly anybody, if you need a title to get people to follow you, you're not a leader. See, leadership's not a position, it's a choice. It's a choice that we all need to make. Um, and unfortunately, most of the people that call themselves leaders are not leaders. They're typically folks that try to use some type of position-based power to control and manipulate others. See, if you're not willing to change, the only alternative you have is to try and change everybody else. And unfortunately, that's what we've been doing for a very, very, very long time. Okay. How did you choose to be a leader? <laughs> because I was born with dyslexia. That's a great question. Um, and I'm not taking any credit for this. Um, because I was born with dyslexia, I, kinda, I got thrown out of my comfort zone. Um, because my brain doesn't work the way most people's brains work, uh, I had to do a lot of what I refer to as emotional labor. Um, and it gave me insights into myself and other people that serves me well uh, in what I do now. But if I hadn't been born with dyslexia, I can guarantee you that I wouldn't have been willing to do the emotional labor required. Uh, to develop my emotional intelligence. Very unlikely. It was my mother died in uh, of breast cancer in December of 1967. In January 1968, I decided I wanted to do this work. And I kind of became this super overachiever. Um, got a BCom, most of an MBA, studied electrical engineering, became an executive in the semiconductor industry, generated over a billion and a half dollars in revenue. 
But I was surprised. My dad was a factory worker. He served as a sergeant in a mortar artillery platoon in North Africa during World War II. His men called him the old man because he was 29 years old when he enlisted. As a younger man, he had boxed and played semi-pro baseball. But we, um, my parents went as far as grade eight in school. Um, they were born around the turn of the 20th century. Um, but we all need to be doing the kind of emotional labor that a lot of the vets were forced to do because they were in the military. Um, and a lot of that training is incredibly important. It's incredibly valuable if they use it to lead, if they use it to inspire. So I would say don't try to fit in. Try and stand out and use your, use your behavior, use your, use your actions to inspire others to follow your example. Mm, okay. So you talked about um, being in your comfort zone and, and, you know, in your case, uh, there were, you know, that with your, your mom's death and kind of, kind of, and your dyslexia and other things to, to really get yourself out of the comfort zone. <laughs> how are, for those transitioning from military service, how, what kind of, I guess, gets you into a comfort zone and then and then what are some things that, that they can do to get out of that situation? Yeah. Um, well we're we're pretty well always easy for us to be in our comfort zone. Um, that's kind of our resting state. Uh, but we, what we need to do is we need to we need to develop a vision of a desired result that motivates us to leave our comfort zone in pursuit of that desired result and move through the, the anxiety that Doing that will create in us. So you have to develop an emotional connection with a desired result that's greater than your fear. That's greater than the fear of leaving your comfort zone in the pursuit of that desired result. That is the starting point. See, there's only two things that will cause us to leave our comfort zone. One is pain. The other one is passion. And hardly anybody's connected with their passion. So for, for the people that are actually willing to do the work, the emotional labor that the development of their emotional intelligence requires, it's usually driven by pain to get away from something. And actually in the process, uh, that motivation can change from a motivation to want to get away from pain to move towards passion. But it, uh, to answer your question, they have to, they have to connect with it. They have to develop an emotional connection with something that's more important to them than their fear. Okay. And their fear, I guess, if you're transitioning, you know, I, reflecting back on my own service, you know, some of that fear is the fear of the unknown. What's going to happen after I leave the service? Absolutely. It always requires a leap of faith. And that's why you have to be, you have to be marching to your own drummer. You have to be, you have to have that connection to the desired result. That's yours. Something you want to achieve. Um, that your answers are internal to you. They're not external. You have your own answers, and um, you need to go find out what they are. But it begins with developing that emotional connection. Mm, okay. So how, I guess that kind of beckons the question, how do you develop that emotional connection? <clears throat> go for a walk by yourself. Find something that you want to invest your life energy in that's that's, that's motivation for you, whatever it is. What is it that's unique? What unique challenge or what 
how do you want to invest the energy of your life? How do you want to spend your life? What do you what do you, what injustice do you want to you want to correct? What? How do you want to be of service? How do you want to be of service to yourself and others? What contribution do you want to make? What's your unique contribution that only you can make? Okay, so that's more more than just a day-to-day decision. Oh, sure. It's kind of more of a, of a long-term, long-term yeah. picture. So, yeah, the vision is the long-term picture. The day-to-day is the focus on the actions that move you in the direction of the long-term picture. So you need both. You need, you need to know where you're going. Um, and then you need to come back and you need to focus on what you're doing now in the moment to begin moving you in that direction. Okay. So you're, and typically, you know, with, with transitioning, that's kind of a, you know, a multi-year process. So you're really trying to take a step back and think about, okay, what do I want to do with the rest of my life after, after I'm out? Let me give you an analogy of the journey. If you take a penny and you double it every day for 31 days, Day one, you've got a penny. Day two, you've got two pennies. Day three, you've got four pennies. Day 31, you've got $10.7 million. Day 40, you've got over $5 billion. Day 50, you've got over $5 trillion. So it doesn't take any more effort to go from day 30 to day 31 than it did to go from day one to day two. But it's a building process. It's a penny doubling process. So as you go on this journey, and moving towards your desired result, your results increase exponentially over time. So in the beginning, it looks like you're doing a lot of work for little, and you are, because you don't know what you don't know. Later on, it looks like you're doing a little work for a lot, and you are, but it's because you've had the grit, the motivation to continue to move forward through your fear towards the division of the of your desired results. And you fall down a lot. But you you keep getting up and you keep moving forward. And you don't you don't you don't do it with judgment. You just look at it as information. Well that didn't work. It's like Tommy Thomas Edison inventing the light bulb. It took him like 1,300 experiments and somebody said, Jesus Tommy, that's a that's a lot of failure. He said, what do you mean? He says, I was always always about inventing the light bulb. I didn't know I didn't know how long it was going to take. I just learned you know, 1,399 ways or 1,299 ways not to make a light bulb. So he wasn't hung up by his quotation failures because he didn't view it as failure. He just viewed it as data. He viewed it as information. And it helped him to make more and more informed decisions along the way. Mm-hmm. So we can't be afraid of failure. Failure is an ego-based fear of judgment. It's just information. And it's really the the test of our connectedness to the vision of our desired results. The test of the importance of that vision to us is our willingness to keep getting up when we fall down. You have to we see we don't learn very much from success. We learn a lot more from failure. So every time we're having challenges, those are learning opportunities. If we didn't have those challenges, we wouldn't learn anything. We wouldn't grow at all. So the challenges need to be embraced as learning opportunities to help us clarify 
and move towards what it is we're trying to achieve. Okay. So with emotional intelligence, is it cumulative or is it kind of like a, okay, now I've got emotional intelligence. Now I can go on to whatever else. No, no, it's, cum it's cumulative. It's, um, it's cumulative. The more you practice it, the more, the better you, the better you get at understanding who you are and that enables you to better understand other people. So it's, it's a process of mastery that never ends. It's like that penny, you know, that keeps accumulating. You think about, when you think about it, it's hardest in the beginning. But as your results start to get better and better and better, as you become a more emotionally intelligent, inspirational leader, you're working even harder. You're doing more of the emotional. You're more willing to leave your comfort zone in pursuit of those results. Mm -hmm. True. There are people and organizations I've been working with for over 12 years because the ROI keeps getting greater and greater and greater and greater. Um, it's always hardest at the beginning. It's at the beginning that requires the leap of faith. You got to be sick and tired of being sick and tired and willing to, willing to do something about it. Mm, okay. So that is more, I can see where it's cumulative, particularly with military transitioners, because, okay, they're, they're maybe in their comfort zone. And then once they get out, okay, you're trying to figure out what you're doing with your life. And then, you know, with the uh, trying to find out where you're sick and tired, I guess. <laughs> yeah. don't, try, don't try to fit in. Um, oh, most people in society haven't had to go through, haven't had to do the emotional labor training that most vets have. So that's a huge, that's a very valuable commodity. That's a very valuable set of experiences that you can use to build on. Mm. So because of your military service, Correct. You, Correct. you have some degree of emotional intelligence or emotional Correct. labor. Correct. You have you have a sense of the person next to you, whether they're whether you can trust them or not. You can walk into a room and get a sense of the energy in the room. You can have a conversation with somebody and get a sense of whether that person is trustworthy or not. That those are very valuable abilities. Absolutely. Now, from a wellness perspective, how valuable is emotional intelligence? Huge. Huge. It enables us to lower our walls. We become less resistive, less judgmental, less attached to the outcome. It enables us to relax into the present moment. It enables us to, it reduces stress. Uh, and um, you get far greater results with less effort and more fun. The reality is that over 50% of the results we want come from less than 1% of our activities. And lowering our walls, learning, learning to relax, learning to be in the present moment enables us to focus on those key activities, those strategic activities that enable us to generate far greater results with far less effort. And we have a lot more fun in the process. Mm, wow, I love that. Just really... It's so it's so broad and so many different areas. You think, you know, okay, emotional, okay, yeah, let me let me focus on something else. But that that's really kind of at, at the center of the wheel, so to speak. And then you've it got is. a whole lot of different things. It is. I, 
beyond that, all of the drama, chaos, and conflict we see everywhere in the world is a direct reflection of low levels of emotional intelligence. The solution for everything is to develop our emotional intelligence. It will eliminate drama, chaos, and conflict. I love that. That's super, super powerful. Now, do you have, in addition to your own experiences, do you have any examples of how that, um, you know, has has helped um, someone in terms of terms of wellness? If they're, you know, particularly sure, I have an example. I have I have probably over a hundred testimonials from people that have gone through the EMBL program. Um, But let me give you a, a commercial example. A company that's doing over a trillion dollars a year in sales and their entire hiring process is focused on the search for people with above average levels of emotional intelligence. A company's Apple, their whole hiring process, they're looking for people with above average levels of emotional intelligence. They're far less interested in how much you know about their products and services. They can teach you that. That's why when you walk into an Apple store, that energy you feel is an example of a more emotionally intelligent environment. They're not trying to sell you anything. They're trying to understand your pain and, if possible, help you. They want you to have a great experience. Whether you buy anything or not is secondary. So if you have a great experience, maybe you'll tell your friends, and maybe they'll tell their friends. So the development of more and more companies, Apple, Google, Southwest Airlines, JetBlue, Infosys, Whole Foods, FedEx, Costco, and others, are hiring, developing, and promoting, largely based on emotional intelligence. The development of emotional intelligence represents the future of organizational development. It's a critical part of our of our evolution that's missing. Our educational system has failed us, and our employment system has failed us. Um, because it's focused primarily on our ability to do intellectual labor, and it's done little to develop our emotional intelligence. See, emotional intelligence is an, the development of emotional intelligence is an experiential process. It's not an intellectual process, meaning you can't develop emotional intelligence by having a conversation or reading a book or watching a video. It's how you are able to move through fear towards what it is you're trying to achieve to develop your emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then that translates, once you've moved through that, that translates into greater um, fulfillment, whether in the workplace or whether in the home. Everything. Or- Everything. See, we're not two different people. We carry the same set of habits with us wherever we go, whether it's work, home, doesn't matter. So um, as you... As you develop your emotional intelligence, everything improves. It guarantees, the development of emotional intelligence will guarantee that the rest of your life is the best of your life. Guaranteed. Wow. So how, (laughs) how does that guarantee? What's that? How How does that, how does it guarantee? It it teaches you, it gives you the habits to stop giving away your energy Mm. and how we communicate, listen, take responsibility, make decisions. It it, it enables you to be more present in each moment. Um, Everything gets better. Everything. 
See we so I love it. It's a skill that we need now more than ever because of the accelerating rate of global change. Some scientists estimate in this century we could experience the equivalent of 20,000 years worth of change. So change is increasing at an exponential rate, and we've got a 500 million year old brain that doesn't like change. We need to be betting on ourselves by developing our emotional intelligence, quite frankly. We're at a tipping point as a species. Uh, we need to be developing our leadership as individuals and organizations. Okay. So as those, for those transitioning out um, into a whole new life, um, what are, what are the first steps to really kind of, I guess, uh, face your fears and, and, and improve your emotional intelligence? Look back, look back at your life in the situations where you've been getting results that you that your your better results with less effort and more fun. Look look back at what you what you really enjoy doing. Uh, what your what you would do for free. Um, and try and use that as a as a as a way of connecting with a desired result that motivates you to go get it. See that if, if we look back on our life, I, there's all sorts of examples of when we've been living on purpose and the kind of results we've been getting and when we haven't been and the kind of results we've been getting then as well. So there's lots of clues about what you're passionate about, um, what direction works for you. And it's not something that anybody can tell you. You have to discover that for yourself. Okay. And then just think, figuring out, okay, here is what I'm passionate about. How can I, how can I make that happen? Right. And see, if, if you're passionate about it, Chances are people are going to want whatever product or service you're passionate about. You need to figure out a way to package it and make it, a, make it available to others. Okay. People are drawn to passion. I love that. That is super, super powerful. And just as, as people discover their passions, that's where... They'll, they'll develop that emotional intelligence and then be able to... They'll develop the emotional intelligence on the way of pursuing their passion and dealing with the obstacles standing in their way, the challenges. Okay. So it's not necessarily the end result is the uh, emotional it's, intelligence. It's, it's always the journey. journey. It's the journey, always. It's the journey. It's how you're showing up in each moment. Fantastic. I love it. Wow. So as we as we wrap up here, um, are there any any kind of last word, words of wisdom or uh, insights for, for those as they transition from the military and and be able to, to use those those skills and find their passions? Bet on yourself. Develop your emotional intelligence. Bet on yourself. Look, look, in, look inside for your answers because you're the only one that's got them. 
Nobody else, nobody else has your answers. Only you. Bet on yourself. Okay. Fantastic. Well, Phil, how can people get in contact with you? Um, probably the best way is to reach me on LinkedIn. I've got a LinkedIn profile and um, I'd be happy that my calendar's on there if anybody wants to have a, a connect on Zoom and have a chat. I'd, I'd love that. Fantastic. We will include all of those things in the show notes. Phil, it's been amazing. Uh, you yourself are, are the, the product of an amazing journey, and now you're paying it forward and showing so many people how to, how to build that intelligence and really have, have that sense of fulfillment in their life. So thank you so much for being here today. My pleasure. 